I have a problem with David Hetty. You can open a set by being like really distraught and uncomfortable and slow and saying, I want to know what Hi guys, hello. Uh, this is I Have a Problem with David Hetty. I'm David Hetty. And we're recording the introduction, or I am, once again. Uh, the first one was recorded at an airport. The second one was recorded um, inside and people were watching me at someone else's home and I couldn't do it in front of them. And then the most recent one was recorded outside and then someone started vacuuming their car, so it seems. But anyway, here we are and I hope this is the final one I'm recording because I'm, I, I, I'm tired of saying these things. <laughs> uh, it's been a very long time since the last episode was released. Um... I don't know, should I apologize for that? I don't know. I mean, everyone has other things to be doing. Um, maybe it hurts me most. Uh, but the thing is, I was just getting very tired. Uh, I thought it was a bit un- unseemly um, to be continually talking about me and having people talk about my problems and have, having others listen to this, even though it's voluntary. Uh, so I stopped doing it for a while, but then I ran to people who said that they, you know, they were listening and they enjoyed it. And so I figured... Well, we'll put another one out, uh, and no one will force others to listen to it. And uh, on that note, um, you know, the, the podcast was picked up by a podcast network called No More Radio, and so I am obliged to say the following message, which is that this podcast is part of No More Radio. You can listen to all of our podcasts at nomoradio.com. Support for No More Radio comes from the Montreal Improv. You can find out more about them at montrealimprov.com. And similarly, if you are subscribing to this podcast through anything but iTunes, you will want to go to nomoradio.com and subscribe there, because whatever server it's on now uh, will no longer be serving it soon um okay so yeah so i'm in los angeles right now on the start of a little bit of a, a comedy tour going up the coast to victoria for about a month doing shows uh you know oregon and i guess more of california and yeah lots of nice little places i've never been i presume they're nice like eugene and sacramento where else oakland and bigger places anyway if you're interested you can go to my website you find it, the shows, but, you know. Anyway, I mean, it's a little, I'm a little exhausted at this point, really. Uh, the prospect of not having any privacy for about a month isn't so, isn't so great. And also, moving up the coast is just going to get colder. Um, but that's not a huge deal. Uh, what I would like to say is that my, my guest, this, this episode is Nick Flanagan, who is a comic from Toronto. And, uh, super nice lovely guy and uh he has this he has this way of speaking sometimes where i don't know i don't always it takes me time to like understand what he's saying to think about it the way he uses language and the the sort of truths that he reveals in ways that I would otherwise not say them, and the way he thinks. And I think that a lot of times this conversation we have that's coming up, um, he says something, I didn't fully acknowledge uh, what he was saying or 
or appreciate it. And only upon listening to it, going back and editing, I was like, oh, wow, like that was really thoughtful. Um, so anyway, it's always a pleasure to see Nick. And this episode basically is about anxiety, anxiety transference and his problem with me with respect to that, uh, which is funny because part of the reason that part of the reason that I didn't, you know, I didn't put this podcast out till, till now is because of, I guess, fearing whether it's worth it, whether it's worth doing anything, putting things out into the world seems to be a common theme, a theme throughout these, these, I don't know, lots of this work. Uh, Nick said he wanted me to say that his Twitter handle is at the flans, F-L-A-N-S, and he's in a band called Wrong Hole. Uh, wrongholemusic.bandcamp.com so now we're just plugging away now we're just plugging away and otherwise I guess there's not much to say but you know oh yeah a lot of this podcast was about comedy problems because it's talk between two comics and anxiety so there you go and what I wanted to do was steer clear as much as possible of this sort of insider comedy talk and really focus on what was underlying that. So I hope that comes through. And I hope that, uh, you know, you, uh, <laughs> you enjoy, enjoy yourselves and, and listen to, the, to as long as you would like to listen. Okay, thanks very much. Uh, this is me and uh, Nick Flanagan. And enjoy. No, normally now we're going. You surprise people normally, right? I don't surprise them. No, I tell them. I tell them that we're recording. Um, all right. The thing is, we've just been sitting here for like forty minutes trying to get the mic set up. Thirty. Thirty. Okay, thirty-five, forty minutes. Anyway, so. Uh, I'm feeling quite different now than I was. Yeah, you were in a good mood before. I wasn't a good. I wasn't so frustrated. But anyway, that's okay. So that's anyway. That's besides the point. Yeah, but, it's not about that. Well, thank you for, thank you for coming. Thank you. Oh, thank you. You were actually the, you you asked to come on. Yeah. Sort of more so than anyone else. Yeah. Thus, thus far. I came on strong. I said, put me on your podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I don't really. All right. No, I do know why. I mean, I like the uh, I like the idea that you had a podcast, and then I listened to it. Mm-hmm. I think I asked you to be on it though before I listened to it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. What? Okay, okay, okay. That's good. I think okay. I think that works better, in fact. Yeah, to not have listened, but then I listened to it afterwards. Okay, so now you're coming in with some sort of set idea as to what it's supposed to be when it's not necessarily supposed I've to be. I've only listened to two. Okay. And the one part where it was a guy with an actual problem with you, mm-hmm. I zoned out on what the problem was. It was like okay. you were in a cab or something, and somebody oh, yeah, didn't yeah. want to pay. Yeah, was yeah, that yeah. It? it was. Yeah. I mean, um, and then the other one was just sort of Eric Andrews. That was good. He had, <laughs> he had issues with you a little. I don't know what he was doing. I think he was. Do you think he was doing a bit? I think he was pulling my leg the entire time. Do you think that's a problem with him? I don't want to talk with Eric. <laughs> How's this going so far? He had so his far? turn. He had his turn. How's this going so far? You mean as a whole? As a whole. I think it's fine. People rarely come back to you and tell you things are terrible. And I meant more of this particular podcast. I wasn't that worried. This episode? About that. Yeah. I think we should get going with the problem. It's not okay, about, you it's want not to about, kick right in it's with not it? About, yeah, it's not, this isn't coffee talk. It's not coffee talk. This is grievance, Eric. <laughs> 
uh, you took a, you stole this from Festivus, the Festivus episode of Seinfeld, where there's an airing of grievances. No, this is different. Hacked. No, it's different because it's not reciprocal. Oh yeah, but that must be hard for you when you do this. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disclose how I feel about this at this point. I feel you're not sure how you feel about it. I think is no. More. I, I know. I know. I'm pretty sure how I feel. This, but the feelings may develop. They'll, they'll change. Okay. Well, look. Uh, I don't have any specific problems I have with you. Basically, we're just gotten over with getting to know you more. In that I wasn't sure how to take you when I first met you. And someone else said this. Okay, but... In one of the episodes. Okay. In that, like, I couldn't tell whether you were sort of haughty or anxious. But wait, wait, we met the first time five five years ago or something like this. And there was one show that we did together. And I think that you left right after you sat at that show. Okay. I, I think you did. Okay. So... I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I think I stuck around. I think to you, you guys. did stick around. I uh, maybe you stuck around. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I stuck around. Yeah, but I wasn't. I that meeting left me neutral. Actually, that meeting, I was like, I think I like David Eddy. He seems fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems cool. You had a, you were clean shaven at that time. Uh huh. You were young seeming. Yep. And that was my act. <laughs> no, your act was sort of different than what it is now. It was more one linery. Right. It and it was more. It was more simplistic, I would say. Yeah, no, I, I, I act as a person. I meant my act as a person. Oh. Just, just, just young. <laughs> yeah, that's. I never thought of that. I, I haven't thought of you as young since you moved uh, to the same city as me. No, but I. Okay, no. Because of the dog eat dog style of life in Toronto. But I stuck around because I wanted to see, mm-hmm. understand the comedy that you and Chris did because mm-hmm. you were in town. In did Montreal you come to an understanding of it from that night? Um, I felt like that night was not a good gauge of anyone's. There was I nobody don't... there. I remember thinking, I remember not being being so, like, blown away by it. Yeah. Why would you be blown away? There's nobody there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Dinkus was playing it, which was, like, a, like five or six really funny people. Okay, but... I know, I flipped it around, haven't I? No, you yeah, no, your agreement. No, but, okay, but, okay, so that's not the time. So when did I come, so, but why, when does this, when it's, does this It's more you? like when you moved to Toronto. I didn't think you were haughty, but you were really in and out I felt like it was like I couldn't tell what was going on with you, and when I'd see you, this is the real issue. I don't think of you as Heidi. That would that was maybe my one take the first time, and that probably was because you were not blown away, um, not that you needed to be. Okay. But that's always like a thing. Whereas if you meet somebody and they're not, uh, and they're a comic and like they're not, they're really kind of like meh, and everyone's like meh. It just makes the entire meeting most of the time. Awkward. Okay. Is that a weird thing to say? Mm, I don't expect people to be like overflowing with adulation when they no. meet. No. Sure. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. That's but, cool. But the thing is, is that you're saying that I am. I was haughty, or I'm not in the not in the scene when I first came here. I no, 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 no. We haven't gotten to the thing yet. That's okay. my thing. Oh. I I feel like I this. I don't know why I put the word haughty up because that's like a very insulting word in a way yeah sure but it's it's uh it's not how i felt i do think it's sometimes how what i'm about to describe can be perceived Mm -hmm. and that is sometimes when you're anxious with a problem we've had really good conversations where it's you're anxious about a problem yeah but then at the end of it i feel like i've absorbed 
the anxious. <laughs> but that's my, but okay, but that is that a flaw? Like, I mean, doesn't that happen normally when you speak to someone? You sort of take, you know, you can't help it. You need to be a happy person. Maybe that rubs off, or someone. Uh, I guess so. I I guess that that can happen. That, but it also, when if it happens too many times, you start to feel like a comrade or something, you know. But am I using you? Is that the idea? That's the question. I don't know. You know, like it was never an issue that, that came to the point where I felt used ever. Uh-huh. But like a comrade, okay, would be used. I mean, okay. But but um, and I'm only aware of this because I think you know it's just something I've done so much to other people, you know, and. Uh, and uh, it's 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 just it can be a, a difficult thing, you know, because you have a problem and you are just voicing it, you know, um, which is a great way to live. And it's a way of like your keep sharing with your friends and you can share with your friends, and uh, and um, but sometimes when there's no solution, I don't know. It's like it's great to share with your friends, but then in the end, if your friend is is left you know, has, has consoled you for some time or mm-hmm. whatever the word is offered their thoughts. Uh, and I'm just, maybe I just don't have enough of a sense of self that, uh, like I can't help but be like brutally influenced by somebody's mood or, or, you know, but like, suddenly I'm left feeling like, wait, do I have anything? But wait, like what, can you bring up like a particular time, something that I discussed? That long talk that we had, the first really big long talk uh, when it was at the, the, the comedy club on Ossington, um, when you were stressed out about something. You were stressed out about getting on shows. Okay. Oh, yeah, we were in the lobby. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, I don't even know if this is a problem with you. Maybe this is a problem with me, you know? Um, so I came here to tell you my problem. <laughs> So you're saying I'm that I you're issue. saying that I burden people with my problems, and in fact, you're burdening me with your problems. Interesting, right? Well, I'm paying it back right now. This is my chance to actually no, but um, and you started thinking, sort of talking about you know the difficulty of of getting on shows that were are not even let's say paid shows. They're not even club shows. Right. They're just like booked rooms in the city, you know. Or sometimes they're barely that. Right. And I remember at the end of that conversation I was a little bit like after I was like, God, I'm not doing any club shows. I'm not doing any what am I doing? Okay, okay. What am I doing? Now, and why am I now down this anxiety road? So your problem is that my sort of self-doubt sort of seeps into your mind. Your self-doubt unlocks my self-doubt, which is interesting because what I'm doing is uh, maybe um, being too self-absorbed. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Cause because I'm taking you complaining about you, and I'm literally turning it into me. Which is fair when a bunch of us are a bunch of like white guys in their late twenties to early thirties, trying to do the same thing. No, 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 trying to do the same thing. Okay. So you're not so much. I mean, we literally are the same person statistically. Sure. <laughs> so okay. then we can actually just transfer that issue to us very easily, you know, unless we have a strong sense of uniqueness, which is of course a pivotal thing in trying to do comedy. Right. <laughs> but I think that it's 
I don't know. What's the alternative? Your friend, your friends don't share with you their doubts about what they're doing. What's the alternative, right? Therapy. No, I mean, who are you supposed to speak to if not the people in your community? Um, I don't know. You can talk to people outside of your community, but you're not. I'm going to talk to people outside my community about the problems I have with stand-up. They don't understand. They you did have specific problems. You do, you didn't come to me with a general complaint. It wasn't. It was and a, it was actually like a very fruitful conversation. Okay. And I enjoyed it. Because I think the... You know, yeah. and I felt closer to you after having it. Okay, that's... that's Okay, I felt closer as well. Yeah. Many times. But I think the problem, I, if I recall, I think the problem is that I feel as though... Like, I often feel like, is there some sort of personal like uh-huh. uh, dis- dislike that people have which prevents me from doing uh-huh. more th- shows that I otherwise would be able to? See, I guess that maybe my problem is just that you were just, like, voicing things that maybe I felt, but I felt like I had to be in a position to poo-poo them, when in fact maybe they're my stresses too. Although less so, because I'm just so intimately familiar with being in Toronto doing comedy. That, but that's the know. thing, exactly, because you're so much more in, in, entrenched in this community. You've been here longer, and you know, you know more mm-hmm. people, all these things, and know them better. And so I thought that I'd come to you, because you'd have like some sort of greater sense of how it works here and why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, but know, the a, problem is, sorry, what were you going to say? I don't know, it's a very, it's a very sort of cliquish community. There are all these different groups that work amongst themselves. But it's, I would also say yeah. that even if I did start like 10 plus years ago or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, uh, every couple of years, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of guys, sorry, I'm at the table. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of guys who show up. Mm-hmm. They start a new clique. Right. The people from two years before that are not necessarily included in that clique unless clique is a, such an interesting word. Mm-hmm. Cabal. Cabal. Yes, I like that. <laughs> uh, coven. Okay. <laughs> um, band. All right. Band of men. <laughs> okay, so the people two years prior, though. Tribe. Um, they're not necessarily included unless... They assume some sort of a mentor role, which I would argue in Canadian comedy feels foolish. But I think, <laughs> but I think, but I think that I don't know. I don't want these people. I don't. I know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't talk about comedy you like this. Delete it's not the like idea. That. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. But like, it's just that was your that was your only problem. So instead of making it about comedy, it was it is more about anxiety and then I just felt like it transferred to me and it made me wonder about friendship and that kind of stuff yes it's it's uh, about venting but as much as it's about venting it's also about escape talking to you about my my concerns is about friends are a vacation well, that's a kind of a weird, I mean, I, no, I mean, you re, you enjoy your friends because of who they are. You respect them. You appreciate right. who they are. I mean, yeah, you you like their company and you get derived pleasure uh-huh. from that. Yeah. That's not to say you're using them. Like you use, a vac- I mean, using, a vac- like a vacation sounds like so instrumental. It sounds very selfish. Um, well, that's interesting, right? But yes, your claim, not mine. I'm disagreeing I, with you. I'm not even sitting on this as a theory. I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to the bottom of why I felt stressed out after chatting. And, and, and I feel like, I guess I just don't like the idea of living in a world of unsolved comedy problems with comedy just being the baseline issue. 
But why? But but what's the, what's, the, what's the alternative? You never have conversations with people in your community. Like how can I be faulted for that? Like I was. I don't think I was. Just, it wasn't. It wasn't complaining with no end to it. Since I think then, I actual, you've been very proactive, right? I have, yeah. Yeah, 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 but yeah, but even that, it's yeah. not like this. It's not like this is shit. This is shit. It's like, well, I want to understand more so I can resolve. Why this. did you think people had problems with you? <laughs> because I felt like I don't know. I felt like there were some times when the way people speak to you is just like this, this disconnect. Like there's this lack of acknowledgement or consideration given. I feel like I try to. I'm. I'm I don't know. I don't book rooms really like only recently but when people don't respond to you I'm just like holy shit like that's the that's like I can't even I can't even talk like speak to that like I find it so disrespectful right and maddening I do that like it just I don't know like it just it get I get I get tired of seeing the same I get tired of seeing the same like exact like lineups every single week for the same shows i'm just like what's like why why do these people even talk to anyone else mm-hmm. like it's so self-interested and it's so transparent mm-hmm. and like i i don't under like they're not they're a, they they're they're a community unto themselves and like so be it but like then take it but that's how things work i mean they they you know it, but the the question becomes you know is it really is it a community unto themselves that has a fan base you know and like so I'm part of this like Last Sabbath shows and those sort of have their own people going to the shows who check them out you know Mm -hmm. and there's already seven or eight people involved in hosting and booking it and then there's seven or eight people maybe more who have been involved with it over some years some of whom are still in town so it winds up being hard to book that many other people at that show, you know? Right. I mean, and then there's another show. There's literally a show in town that's run by a talent agency. So Which is what? It's uh, the Alt Dot. Oh, right, right, right. So if you see people on there, a lot of them are the same people on there. It's because, well, they're represented right. by that company. Right. And, they're, and, 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 so, and their client's getting stage time. But then absolutely. actually of import. I guess so. But then there them. should be transparency. Like, there should be... Like, yeah. I, like, I don't think that I email someone back saying, no, I'll put, I'll put you on if I don't intend to. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the worst thing. You just, you don't respect them enough to tell them the truth, so you keep them hanging. Like, it's just... Yeah, but you keep them hanging because I keep people hanging because I actually want them to eventually get to a point where, like, I can put them on the show. So why not tell them that? Don't, why, why, why not tell them that as opposed to keep, keep them hanging? Just because, like, there's a lot of people asking. So I don't always have the time to send them like a long message that explains. And right. just that psychic thing. I mean, I'm the kind of person who's so indecisive anyway. It's like the last thing I want is like to have some sort of a situation where any kind of a conflict could be presented, you know, right. for this show that I'm doing for free, you know, and putting on like seven to eight people a month, you know, like anyway, you I know. know. But then that, but you have to go through the, I know you just, you just like it, but it, it doesn't come off well. Because I'm not saying you personally, but like if people don't directly address what's going on, like this girl, I don't know, this girl yesterday, I emailed her to get on this room. I'd never met her before. She had this new room. It's like half booked, half not booked. And she's like, can you send me a, can you send me a clip? Yeah. And I was like, what? 
and I'm like, I don't want to be some like prima donna, but I'm like, just take like two seconds worth of research. And she's like, can you like my page? <laughs> and I wrote her back. And I was Here's like, some well, rules. Here's some rules for playing my show. And I wrote her back. I was like, look, like I, I like about six or seven things on Facebook and these are my best friends in the world. And if that's the condition, <laughs> it's fine. But like, I just can't do this. You're and a then, man of principle. <laughs> And then I said, by the way, I was like, I was like, I'm never getting on this show ever again in my mind, you know? Uh-huh. And she said, she wrote back to me. She's like, look, like, that's fine. I just like people to like the page because it allows me to communicate with them better. Because I can post things there and they receive notifications. Yeah. And I think, like, see, but I, I, I kind of... So you were clear. And it yeah. resulted in a positive yeah. social interaction. Yeah. Yeah. And how often does that happen? Quite a, quite a bit. Quite a bit. More so than not. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, how do I know? Like when I leave something uncomfortable and I don't address it, uh, that's, that's there, that's going to end up being an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. And so if I go and I, and I sort of poke, you know, try to figure out what's going on, uh, generally it's not going to get worse because in my mind it's already a terrible situation. (laughs) So it only gets, and that's part of what this is, really. I mean, like, generally, I mean. Except I'm just saying, your anxiety sometimes, what I perceive as your anxiety. I don't know if it's your, how anxious you are about it. You seem sort of calm. I'm not, about the stand-up, it's more like I'm just pissed off. I'm just, like, frustrated. I'm just frustrated. Your frustration, yeah. And then it reminds me of my frustration, and then I'm frustrated. But I, think that's, I don't think that's a real problem. Like, I think that's a weird problem to have. I think I it, the Right, right. I leave so many situations open. It's bad. It's more awkward. Probably. What should I do? Just address... Like, for instance... Just address it. Like, for instance... Mm-hmm. Yesterday... Uh-huh. What happened? Did I have a thing with you yesterday? No. Oh, okay. But I find that if you kind of... I don't know. Like, this guy... Like, this... I got a free sub today. Nice. Okay? Because the store's opening up, and they're giving to their... You know, they're just, you know, trying to promote... And I was eating it outside, and, and this guy who's involved is like, "So, what do you think of the sub?" <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I was like, "It's like, ah, it's like, it's a sub. Like, I haven't had one in three years. I don't eat these things." <laughs> and he was like, "What?" And it was, it was, it was, it was terrible. And he's like, "What do you think about like, you know?" And I was like, "Okay." And I was like, "All right, fine. Like, the bread is really poor quality. Like, to my <laughs> mind, the bread is is really bad." And he's like, "Whoa!" He's like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "I don't know. Like, I like good bread, and this just like." You, bread is such a big part of a sub, and I think, and you know, it's going to help a stupid business. And it's he a twelve-inch part of a sub. It's or a six-inch part of a sub. It's the bulk of the sub. No, no, no. Really, twenty-four inches or twelve inches if you it was count six. both sides. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying twelve inches. Well, I mean, yeah. Okay. But the thing, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is that he was like genuinely grateful. Yeah. And that's sort of something where I think people like to know. And people like to know when they interact. They're not expressly asking you, "What do you think of me?" or mm-hmm. "What of the situation?" But they communicate. Largely because they want information. Do you feel the same way about your stand-up? What do you mean? If somebody were to give you notes. Yeah, I like that. Unasked for. Yeah, you told me the other day that I have to fix stupid audio. That's not stand-up. That's podcast technical. I like it, yeah. And, 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 I had, and Graham offered me something. Graham K. offered me some, something the other day yeah. in stand-up. And he was, he was, you know, apologetically. And I was like, no, no, please, like, I need more of this. And yeah. that's what I struggle I, with. I agree with you there. I think that we Maybe people just are still kind of wrapping their head around what it is you do. No, come on. That's a, no, I don't, maybe. Well, maybe. I haven't seen you do like 20 minutes of comedy ever, you know? Like, it's like, I've seen you do like 10 minute just things here and there and probably only like, honestly, probably like seven times, mm-hmm. you know, over like the last how many years. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, that's probably reflected. I don't know how many times you've seen me. It probably is it a ton. No. No. So, you know, at that point, if I've seen you seven times, if I've seen yeah. 45, right. 50 minutes out of the, let's say, thousand minutes. Sure. <laughs> right. I'm not good at math. That's, that's fair. Uh, like, do I really feel like I have a right to weigh in, you know? Perhaps an I In a critical way. Right. Besides in a way that's yeah. like, yay, I like, that's why I said, like, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Come on. You think <laughs> Which that is kind of condescending sounding. Would you think that based on, uh, the, you know, the, the, the friendship we have, that yeah. if you were to come up to me and say something, I would think it's untoward or you're at not your point, place? At this point, no. No. And most of the time, no, because I kind of detect that in your personality. Right. That you would rather... Because I know you're, like, a former law student or lawyer or whatever, mm-hmm. so... I mean, obviously, you know, you'll accept something or you will not accept something, you know, or you'll argue it. Well, I was going to argue with this yeah. at this point, in fact. <laughs> but like, well, yeah, I don't think that that's, that's very generalizing, but... But I think even with other people, it's not because of my background. I don't, I don't Jewish. think... No, it's not because of... Mm-hmm. So I, wait, what were you going to argue with me before? Excuse me, I don't know if I was, I don't know what, but I was going to say mm-hmm. that perhaps the solution is for comics to like to announce to the comedic world, I'm open to your constructive criticism. Please don't shy away. Everyone says to me, you know, nobody knows what it is you want. You've got to tell people what you want. Have you ever heard that? What everyone says? Uh, You've got to tell people. Yeah, what you I want. heard that. Sure. Do yeah, you think that's true. I think it helps. I think it helps. Certainly, I think some. I think it helps. Yeah, for sure. So, what do you want? <laughs> what do I want? <laughs> because I think I had an element of that in that first conversation. You know, the the big one we had that time. I had an element of, like, you wanted to get on shows. Yeah. What did you want from doing those shows? You know, like, what's it all What's it all about? Just, I mean, this is maybe what it unlocked in me, uh-huh. you being bugged about that. And maybe I was bugged by that it unlocked that. See, that's what I can't... That's part of something it's that like I... It's like you had a skeleton key to my house. But that's a fun thing to do. It's a... <laughs> look, I enjoy that. I enjoy that very much. I, that's a selfish thing. You like breaking into people's homes. Really. I like... Using replications of their keys. I like sort of, I don't know, unsettling others. Yeah, I know. I've seen your act. <laughs> right. No, but that's a fun thing to I do. like it too. And it's constructive. I think it's a, like, you, like, the problem, like the problem you face there. Maybe, uh-huh. it's, maybe it's not my place to do mm-hmm. this, to, to, especially outside the context of like a performance. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a positive thing. Like if you're going to have this concern, it's not going to, you know, you're not going to, it's going to help. I don't know. I think it's good to have these questions. I think it's good. This is what I like. I like unsettling people mm-hmm. in a way that's silly and fun and somehow invalidates my authority within the unsettling. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess what I would say is I like breaking into someone's house and then, like, leaving a $5 bill somewhere <laughs> and then leaving the house. <laughs> and then the note says from Nick. It's like you don't want to be surrounded by yes men. You don't. And I but you know, everyone does. Does want to be? It's so nice to be coddled. Well yeah, and then you and then you leave the city and turns out your your shift. So the trick is to get the world to coddle you. Uh yeah, which is an impossibility. It's not even a trick. That's not a good thing to do because you end up infantilized and you have no self and you have no <laughs> mastery and you have Everyone is your boss if the world's coddling you. 
No, everyone is your mother. She's your boss. If you're a baby. I guess She's so. the closest thing to a boss you've got. I, think, I don't think a boss may be caretaker. Because <laughs> you're not working. You're not, you're not, you have no obligations. You're working and growing. No, you're not. If she sees you and you're not growing physically, she'll take you to the doctor. You no, know, you're blindly just dying. <laughs> um, but I guess that's it, you know. But it's, do you think that, so you have no fear of criticism? I fear criticism, sure. Sure. I, I, I fear criticism of that, that will reveal the unsolvable. And I have such a small sense of what I can accomplish mm-hmm. that a lot of things feel like I can't solve them. But they, I, I mean, you, you, you have this notion that there, there does exist the unsolvable. Already. So what, like, that's the presumption that you have. I definitely have that presumption. Well, so what's the, alter- what's the solution? Then to just hide hide from it? Yeah, until you die. But that's how, <laughs> But then that's what we're talking about, then, being coddled constantly. Right. Which is, I don't know, it's like, it's like what, are you, what are you working towards? You could, be, you could be high all the time, then. Yeah, everyone's high all the time. Most <laughs> people. A lot of comics are. Yeah, because they don't, because they want to be coddled. No, I think it's because they don't want to be. It's miserable being out each night. It's really crazy being out. I I think that it's it's it's. I mean, it's hard for me to believe that when you're doing a job that involves people, a, the the best result is to get constant approval. <laughs> Right, <laughs> everybody, right. you know, like there is, and in this very um, vocal form, you know, there is an element of, if not being coddled, like needing your ideas constantly approved. But even as I'm saying that, I don't really agree with that because at some point I settled into the idea that I really do like making people laugh, <laughs> like okay. making people happy, which is part of me, part of what I may be resisting with you. Right now, because what you're sort of saying is you enjoy unsettling people. Sure. And that you think that can be a constructive thing, which I don't disagree with. Yeah. But it can be a little open-ended, and you're sort of leaving a lot. It's kind of a, is it a libertarian approach? You're leaving a, you're leaving a lot in the hand of the person. No, I don't, no, I don't think that. I don't you're giving someone a knife, and if they stab them with a, they're giving someone an ornate ceremonial knife. Okay. Jeweled. Okay. And if they stab themselves with it, that's on them. No, I would never. I would never give a knife. Understand it like that? No. <laughs> would you? No. I'm not saying I'm good at arguing. I don't know. I, I present them with something they don't know. They don't know what it is. They don't know if it's a knife or not. <laughs> you, you prevent. You present someone with the Hellraiser ball. <laughs> I don't even know the, what that is. The prism from Hellraiser. I've never seen that. I only fast-forwarded through it to see the gory <laughs> parts. It was really boring. Yeah. Ugh. I gave him clay. What do you think? A of lump, lump of clay. Okay. Filled with razors. Yeah. And then they take <laughs> the clay. And, and like, cake. <laughs> and That's a horrible piece of clay. It's got cake and razors in it. Do they bake the clay? Can they do what they want? Are they opening the clay to find out more stuff? It's up to them. No, I just, do what they want. I just plop it into their lap. <laughs> so, so do you think that this thing where you're being like that, if that's turning people off... You mean comics or audiences? Unfortunately, the first gatekeepers of getting on stage are often comics or at least people. 
people, yes. You know, so at the very least, people. Yeah. <laughs> so you have this element of needing to glad hand them to get on stage. I mean, I wish it weren't true, but most people, uh-huh. you know, I mean, there's a lot of people now in Toronto who I think are pretty straight shooters about stuff and have a bit of an egalitarian mm-hmm. bent, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find, I, I try to when I'm booking. Unfortunately, I also have people that I f- are more in my mind than other people just because sure. I've seen them a million times sure. in my life, you know, or I talk to them a lot. Yeah, yeah. But that's getting away from what I'm saying. It's like, so if you unsettle them, Upon your a first, comic? A, a comic who you want want something from, and settle them on because of the performance or in person. In person. Why would I settle them in person? Oh, because being direct. Because you're you're giving them this piece of razor and cake filled. That was clay. about the stage. That wasn't about. That's about. So that's more about your act. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay, okay. And then this is another thing. I'm going to move to a different argument here. Okay. Um, and I'm sorry if this isn't interesting because I'm bringing it back to comedy. And wow, this is going to be a severely edited. I hope so. <laughs> this out. Yeah, it take me hours. <laughs> I know. I feel bad. And you know what? What if the audience? I'm I've disappointed you as a podcast. Yeah, that'll be my problem next time. What happened the first time? <laughs> I just I kept thinking about it, and it really did come out to this anxiety transferal thing. I, that was really and and you know and I didn't feel like reaching. And maybe okay. that says how much I blame other people for things, you know. But is okay. But this doesn't seem like a problem to me, really. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Being anxious yeah. is a horrible problem. Yeah, but it's not like you don't speak to me anymore because of that. In fact, well, I didn't know fact, this was the kind of show where people don't. This is your best case scenario. Yeah. Is I we talked about this when I when I I pitched myself to you. Okay. That. You know, in a best-case scenario, you are having people who consider themselves your enemy on now, and they kind of yeah. um, really let you know. That's what not a best-case. That's not a best-case scenario. The best-case no, scenario, no, yeah. you want to have some, a balance because you want someone who uh, you know an enemy is not going to actually give you full consideration as to who you are. They're going to dismiss you. They're not going to see you as a person, and that really, that really makes for, I think, a pretty you know shallow. Mm-hmm. Conversation, like you know, if you've got you know Hitler sitting across from you, you're not gonna be like, well, you know, here's my balanced consideration of who you are. Right. So, Adolf yeah, no, Lenny Hitler. Because yeah, I mean, some of the other Hitlers, I'm not throwing the babies out with the bathwater. Other Hitlers, you know, I'm not gonna just kill them all. No. Yeah, that would be too Hitlerian, Adolf. No. Um. Anyway, but that's a very difficult thing to actually make happen, you know. What? To get people who have, like, a legitimate problem with you. To I know, I've asked. To, to, to actually contribute to your livelihood, essentially. I know. And your infamy. I know, you I know. know. Um, so, so, in other words, you're only going to get people who have these, not only, but, you know, you will get this, like, mix of people who are, like, your friends. Yeah. But, you know, want to use this as an opportunity to sort of let you know what level, uh, what can cause discomfort to them in your relationship, which in some ways is a more uncomfortable situation, if you think about it, Mm -hmm. than if it was someone that you don't like, you'll never call again after you have them on here and talk about the time you didn't return a book and then you never talked after that. Sure. Or, you know, the like, maybe like dicey, was it rape? 
kind of sexual. What? <laughs> well, that could be something. If there was a girl you were like... Oh, no, that's... <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, that I don't think this ever happened. Like a sexual harassment thing that you didn't realize is sexual harassment. That would be very... No, that would be a good episode. No, I don't say here. He, he said, she said. You can't get anywhere. It's just about like, conflicting called, evidence. A movie was greenlighted called He Said, She Said. So. Well, yeah. I don't think it did well, though. Okay, so that was a conversation between me and Nick, and uh, I think I said the introduction that Nick's now in Los Angeles, um, which I think is interesting because, uh, you know, Nick was saying in our conversation that the time when I was complaining to him about my concerns, it brought up all these, uh, you know, worries of his own. Um, like, what's he doing in Toronto? And so now he's in L.A. Uh, what's that Billy Joel song? Anthony's song? Now he now he's, now he's doing stand-up. Now he does a set in L.A., something like that. Anyway, but Nick was doing sets, you know, elsewhere. But now he's here. And so, you know, Nick most likely would have done this almost assuredly uh, had he and I never had that initial conversation. Uh, but perhaps he did it with a little bit more, I don't know, you know, a little more secure in the knowledge that this is what he had to do, but who, how do I know? Uh, I guess all I want to say, again, I mean, this is, I, this, these these plugs are very foreign to me. Again, I guess I'm, I guess this podcast is, oh, geez. Well, look, this somehow, I get, I get to say this differently if I want later on, but right now it's this podcast as part of No More Radio. You can listen to all of our podcasts at nomoradio.com. Support for No More Radio comes from the Montreal Improv. You can find out more about them at montrealimprov.com. I, I don't know. Does that work? I, you have to sell. You have to promote. And that's sort of that's that that's a relatively innocuous one because I'm just telling where you can go find more of this, effectively, which essentially, ultimately, is what advertising is. Uh, that you have to, you have, I mean, I guess there's some people who enjoy advertising. <laughs> who would those people be? I have this one friend who said his father, his father said, like, you can do anything you want in life. You can, you can be a pornographer, do whatever you want. Just like, do not go into advertising. That was the one thing his father told him. And it really left a great impression with me of his father. And I hope to I hope to meet him one day. Uh I yeah, yeah. I don't believe look, this is for another time. Okay. Cause cause I I I have to go do a show in a bowling alley in Los Angeles. Uh that's a that's that's where things are at this point. Reminds me of Greece a little bit. I don't know if it'll be like you know, we'll be singing and then well, you know, race cars in culvers, culverts for pink slips. And, uh, okay, well, okay, in- enjoy and thanks for listening. My name is David Hetty, uh, and uh, take care. Bye. Bye.